Welcome to Keep Calm and Homeschool On. I'm your host, Rebecca from homeschoolon.com, and today's episode is titled, My Biggest Homeschool Struggle. That's right, I'm going to be sharing with you my number one problem in my homeschool. So go pour yourself something hot, turn on the kettle, get that coffee started, and settle in for a real live coffee chat with Rebecca. Well, you guys, it's 5 a.m. where I am right now, trying to get this podcast up and going while my kids are still sleeping. I don't know if your kids sleep in in the morning, likely past 5 a.m. I really hope they do. If you are awake listening to this at 5 a.m. and your kids are awake, I just, I feel like you need an extra, extra blessing, an extra cup of coffee today because I could not do this with my kids at this time. No, that's not happening. Anyways, I'm so excited to do this episode today because I feel like this is a real struggle that probably a lot of us face, and not everybody. Not everybody struggles as much with this, but I think that when people are considering homeschooling, this is one that comes up, and that is, drumroll, patience. Patience truly is, still to this day, my biggest homeschool struggle. Now, I feel like it's a journey. I feel like I've come a long way over the years. My first year of homeschooling, my patience was so Thin. It just, it was so thin, you guys. I got so frustrated with the repetition, with the whining, with the disinterest. I just, I did not do well my first year, let's put it that way. And looking back, I can see how far I've come, but I can also see that there really are some practical strategies that I've put in place and that when I can start to feel that frustration and impatience rising within me that I've I put into practice. So I wanted to talk with you guys about it today and I wanted to share these 10 tips or strategies with you so that if you feel like you can relate to me, that you have something that that you feel like you can do the next time you are feeling ready to blow your top or run away and run for the hills. <laughs> okay, so here we go. Here are my top 10 strategies. So number one is self-care. You guys, self-care is so important. It's so important. If I do not take a little time for myself, even if that means waking up at 5 a.m., I have learned that I have to take care of myself in order to be more patient. You, You know, it's like that old picture that probably all of us know well of us being a cup and we have to fill our cup before we can pour out on our kids. And we tend to put ourselves last. When we're homeschooling, the kids need us and then hubby comes home from work and we're cooking and we're cleaning and our house and our husband and and we go to bed and we really haven't taken any time for ourselves that day. And I know I talk about this a lot, but I talk about it a lot because it's important. It's so important. The days that I am, when I'm starting to feel really impatient, when I'm starting to feel really frustrated, it sometimes means I need a timeout. It sometimes means I need to go for a walk or read a little book or do some journaling or start with a tea 
in the morning and just a tea alone and just go to your room and start school 10 minutes later. It, the kids are going to be fine, you guys. They're going to be fine. It's better to start school 10 minutes later than to start, start school 10 minutes earlier and be frustrated because you, you're not, you're not there. It's, it's like you're going to work. Sometimes I feel like school, homeschooling, is like we have to have the mindset of going to a job. And when we go to a job, we almost get ourselves ready. We emotionally prepare. We physically prepare. We get ready for work. We put on our work clothes. And as we're doing all those things, we're actually we're actually donning this, this professional persona, whatever that may look like, as we get ready and drive ourselves to work of this is our job and we're going to do it well. And we start to think about it and we start to process it. And I feel like with homeschooling, we, we get up. I mean, it's one of the things with, with being a homeschool mom is that it's, it's in your environment all the time. So we get up and we're groggy and we kind of do what we have to do, but we really haven't taken that time to, to shift our mindset and to focus on our task and to get ourselves emotionally prepared for what we're going to be dealing with. So if you are starting school today and you are feeling like impatience has been a real problem for you, then I encourage you to take some time for yourself. Start school a little bit later. Schedule it in. Maybe instead of starting school at 8.30, you start school at 9. And 8.30 to 9, you have a bath or read a book or go for a walk or whatever it is. But spending a few minutes just to gear up. <laughs> gear up, you guys. All right, tip number two is planning. I know, I know, I know. No one wants to hear this. No one wants to hear this. I don't want to hear this. But planning your day is you're planning for success. And when we start off our day totally frazzled and disorganized and we have nothing prepared and we have nothing ready, it's not impossible. But if you struggle with impatience, likely you're more type A personality and you are partly feeling a little bit out of control in your homeschool day. Those tend to go hand in hand, okay? The more stressed out personalities like myself, and then when you feel like you're lacking control and your day is just spiraling and you aren't in front of it, you're just along for the ride, then we start to literally, literally get anxious and feel like, that, that anxiety pressures us and it pressures our kids. And that's a lot of where our impatience stems from. At least for me, that's a lot of where my impatience stems from. So yes, are there days I don't plan? Absolutely, lots of them. Are there days that we just get up and go with the flow? Totally. But I'm learning that the more prepared I can be, that the less frazzled I feel and the more patient I am with my kids. So even if that means pulling out their books, even if that means tidying your, your school table so that when you're ready to start school, you aren't starting with already a mess and feeling annoyed or, or pressured. Maybe that means planning out your morning basket. What are you going to read this morning? Is and, and when you are planning, thinking ahead of being realistic because you have to think ahead of you know, is this too long? Are my kids 
goofing off and not listening because they're impatient themselves. And maybe I need to scale back on, on some of what we're doing. So just thinking ahead, planning, thinking ahead so that your day can be more restful, you know what to expect, and you feel more in control of your homeschool. So that's huge. For me, that's huge. Step number three, coffee. And I know, I know this kind of goes with self-care, but let's be real, you guys. I drink coffee. And I was even thinking of this the other day. I actually don't drink that much. I feel like I come across like this, you know, heavy-duty coffee addict. And I'm not. I, I start with my first cup in the morning and usually never, ever, ever finish that first cup. It's somewhere. It's somewhere in the house, cooling off. And then by the time I go pick it up and heat it up for the 90th time, it's, you know, too strong and tastes like an ashtray. So I pour myself another cup. But now it's been an hour since I made that pot of coffee, so it tastes like an ashtray. And so I generally wait a little while, maybe do another pot and try another cup at that point. But, you know, maybe three half-drinking cups of coffee and then I switch to tea and I usually have at least one tea in the afternoon and then it's decaf tea but the point is I really like my hot drinks they bring me calm they bring me peace they they encourage me and motivate me and get me in a more relaxed state so that I can I can be more relaxed with my kids because I found literally I know like you think I'm joking and I kind of am I threw this in there just as a, a light one but realistically when I start off my homeschool without something nice and warm in my hand it's like I've, it's like self-care it's like I've done something for myself it's like all right I'm gonna come and and do school but I'm gonna do that with something for myself that every time I can feel the impatience rising I'm just gonna have another sip have another sip you guys all right tip number four cutting so what I'm referring to when I'm saying cutting back is anything that you have in your life outside of homeschooling tends to stack up. Yeah? Anyone feeling that way? I'm talking about the things like music lessons and sports and play dates and field trips. Those things are great. They're fun and, you know, they get our kids out of the house and they get us out of the house, which sometimes we feel like we need but they also put a ton of pressure on our day to try to get done all of our, our book work or our reading or everything that we want to do in a day. Maybe this afternoon thing that's looming over us is putting a lot of pressure and causing us then to be impatient because we are feeling like we're running behind all the time. So one, one thing once a week, that's fine. But if you're getting to the point where you have three, four things every afternoon you're going out, some personalities handle that totally fine. They need that. They're really extroverted. They're really outgoing. But a lot of us homeschool moms are quite introverted and we get stressed by a lot of stuff. And so if we know that those things are looming, they just stress us out. And the more stress we have in our day, then the more pressure we feel and the faster you're gonna get impatient with your kids. So for me, we cut back and we try to make sure that we have no more than one afternoon that we have something planned. And actually on that day, I often 
even scale back our, our schoolwork so that we're matching that, so that I don't have this expectation of us completing a full normal day because we have less time. And even if we can finish school at noon, you guys, which we often do finish school at noon, I still cut back our afternoons because if we are finishing school at noon and then going out all afternoon, it still adds stress to my day because my house is falling apart. I'm not around to help deal with it. I, I've got to try to get dinner taken care of in a very short amount of time. And all of that pressure that I feel in my school morning of, of the list of things I have to do that's weighing on me, it, it makes me impatient. It just does. It, it takes away from my capacity to deal with things. All right, so the next thing is to simplify. Oh, man. Looking at sometimes, I, I go onto my group or I look at my emails and, and people send me messages of, okay, I'm using all of this stuff, but I'm still looking for this and this and this, and they've got gaps and they're looking for curriculum. Sometimes I feel like saying, you're just doing too much. You're doing way too much. You have way, way, way too high of expectation for what you're going to accomplish in a day with that age range or with with your child because there's really there does not have to be uh, an entire subject for each individual thing that you want to teach or talk about okay i do not have a fine arts curriculum i don't have a a art history curriculum i don't have a picture study curriculum i use resources and i pull those in and i loop them but i'm literally talking about one five to ten minute segment in my afternoon that I'm switching between different things rather than adding in five different curriculums that I now have to try to stay on top of. And I look at some people doing, you know, the core stuff, which is your math and your reading and your writing, and then their history, and maybe they add geography, and maybe they add social studies, and maybe they add their science, but maybe they have more than one type of science. And then they're adding all of this extra fun stuff. And I think if school is going to be taking you that long, if you're trying to fit in this much stuff and still looking for more things to fill in the gaps, then your homeschool is way too complicated. And again, for some people, it totally works. They do school all day long. They don't have a lot of other pressures on them. Maybe they have less kids. I don't know what your dynamics are. And I know that if you're sitting there and thinking, that's not a problem for me, I can fit in a ton of stuff. That's fantastic. But I just know there's a lot of people out there like me who can't fit in that stuff. And if that you're one of those people, you maybe need to consider, it's not that you can't touch on all those subjects, but you maybe need to consider looping. Looping would just be where you say, okay, every afternoon I do a loop. Okay, I have my afternoon loop or I have my loop number one or my loop number two that I do from one to one thirty, and during that time I'm going to switch between these subjects so we're going to do a picture study one day the next day we're going to do current events the next day we're going to do our um, art history the next day we're going to do our music history and you alternate between these things the next day we're going to do Shakespeare or a character study so that you're not doing all those things every day and by the way you can also do that with socials and science there's no reason that you have to do history or science every single day you can if you find a curriculum that's pretty easy to maintain but you don't have to there's freedom to alternate those and then that's now taking one entire subject out of your day. Maybe you need to simplify in the fact that 
you teach multiple kids at once. Maybe you need to bring a couple of kids together or do your socials or your science together. Or even if you have a child that's a little behind and another a little ahead, can you teach them the same spelling or the same language arts and bring them together with something so that you have one less thing on your plate? Think of ways that you can simplify your homeschool day, that you can simplify your curriculum, that you can simplify your routine so that everybody knows what to expect and you can start to get into a rhythm. All right, the next thing is to try different strategies. And different strategies are things like trying school in the morning, trying school in the afternoon, trying school even in the evening. And, and I don't think that it works for a lot of people, but you never know until you try. Trying school different places. Go try doing school at the coffee shop, especially if you've got a bit of an older child and you don't have a whole lot of them. That can be really successful. Take school somewhere else. Go to the library. Find somewhere and create an environment for your child that they feel more motivated. If part of your impatience is stemming from your kids whining or not wanting to do your, their school and you constantly having to keep them on track, then it can be really helpful if you can inspire them. What can you find to inspire your kids to create an environment that facilitates learning so that you don't always have to be pushing them to do their lessons. So experiment with different things, try different things, but try them at different times. Don't feel like you have to do them all at once. You really do have to experiment over a longer period of time to know what's gonna work. And, and different strategies, thinking outside of the box to help you find more peace in your homeschool because that is all gonna make a big difference as well. All right, so here's a big one, ready? Know your triggers. All right, so one of my triggers is my floor. When I am walking in my bare feet and there's rice or sticky crumbs or oh, honey is the worst, the worst on my floor, then I can feel, I can literally feel my blood pressure rising when I step on stuff. It took me a while to identify that. And once I did, I, my, I identified it with my children. I told them, listen, it's one of my biggest frustrations, you guys, is when I come in this kitchen and I'm stepping on stuff. It just, it just makes mommy very, very frustrated. And if I get to the point where I let myself blow, okay, I get really frustrated and then I'm now drill sergeant mom telling the kids to clean and I start my day, I now have shifted the entire atmosphere and tone in our homeschool and I'm frustrated already before we've even begun. And that almost always means my day is about to tank. <laughs> so I'm learning to identify my triggers and identify the rising frustration and then let's do something about that. Rather than feeling like I'm just, I'm a slave to my emotions and now I just have to go down this train and I know where this train leads. <laughs> so I'm learning to identify that. So that's one of my triggers and I think it's really important, even if your kids are young, my four-year-old even knows. You ask her what's one thing that annoys your mommy she's gonna tell you right off the bat things like you know a messy house and a, um, a messy floor that mommy doesn't like that and so I'll even say and it's, it's not that my kids are, are perfect and that they take care of that they absolutely don't they're the ones who get the honey on the floor and the rice okay but I, I tell them I walk in the kitchen and I say okay 
this is this has got to go because otherwise mommy's gonna bloop <laughs> and so my kids get the broom and they just know they just they just do it because they know that that's a huge stress in fact I can handle my kitchen counters being messy I, more than I can handle my floors being messy so anyways that's one of my triggers but it's important to know and identify your triggers another huge trigger for a lot of people is when you have something planned and you're trying to get out the door and you feel that time pressure and you're trying to get ready and get the kids ready and again it's that pressure and a lot of people when they feel that pressure then they just it builds and it builds and it builds and it builds until all of a sudden they're they're yelling or they're frustrated so that's an important thing to know. Can you never go anywhere? Of course not. Of course, you've got to find ways, you've got to find strategies of working with that. But it's important to identify because maybe you need to give yourself more time. Maybe you need to wake your kids up earlier. Maybe you need to, to find strategies to help deal with that so that it doesn't feel like so much pressure. And again, cutting back, scaling back, those things are really helpful because if you don't have to be doing as much as you are, that's going to all take pressure off you. In your homeschool. Another thing to consider when we're talking about your triggers is your house. Everybody has a different idea of how clean is, is, is something that you can manage and how messy is something that you can't manage. And, and we do all have that. And with homeschooling, your house is always going to get messy. That's normal. All right. Your, your house is going to fall apart at the seams every once in a while because your kids are always there. You never get a break and you don't have the time to sit there and necessarily be doing cleaning. And if you are cleaning, your kids are messing something else up while you're doing that. So let's be real. So instead, it's helpful to understand how clean do you have to have it and how messy can you bear? Because then you can clean it just to that portion. But if, if you have to have it a certain level and you don't do that before you start school, then you're going to feel that that pressure. And as you go around and you're trying to pull out books and the table's a mess and you know milk was still left out, you're getting more and more frustrated and that will come out in your homeschool day. So take the time, do family chores for half an hour. We're going we're gonna to clean and choose the areas that you're in the most in your homeschool that stress you out the most so that you can check those off and it's going to allow you to be more relaxed in your day. All right, tip number eight is to pray. And I know that there are secular homeschoolers that follow me and you can just skip on to the next tip, but I feel like this is probably one of the most important things that I do in my homeschool is that I recognize when I can feel it rising and I pray and I give it to God and I, I take the focus off myself and my emotions and how overwhelmed I'm feeling and I start to just be thankful. And that's been really, really huge is, is having a thankful heart for everything that I do have. And the more that I just thank God for everything he's given me, the more my stress and my overwhelm and my emotions seem just really minuscule. And it's like it, it shifts that balance so that I'm less focused on this rising oh my goodness, I'm frustrated and, and more able to just, just give that up, if that makes sense. So that's huge. And that's part of my self-care. It really is. It's like I need soul care. And when I do my, my soul care, things like going for a walk, I'm praying and I'm praying for my day and I'm speaking peace and I'm speaking against 
you know, my kids fighting and dissension and selfishness and all those things that come in, even with my kids when they're fighting, it stresses me out. And so I pray and I speak life over my homeschool and I ask God for patience and I ask God for strength and forbearance and perseverance and I ask him for inspiration and that I can be fun and engaging with my kids. And those are the days that are most successful because on our own strength, on our own strength, we really just can't do this. I've realized so many times, you could go find all the tips, you can find all the perfect curriculum, but the reality is, at least for me, I'm assuming for anybody because nobody's perfect, but at least for me, on my own strength, it's like the harder I try, the worse I do. And not only the harder I try, but the, the harder I try, it's like the bigger the fall because my expectations rise with my efforts. And so I'm working and I'm trying and I'm trying and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And at the end of the day, when I fail, which if it's not today, then it will be tomorrow, then I feel like a total failure. And I, I let that, it's such a huge thing on me because my expectations have risen so high with my efforts. So for me, it's about on my own, I, I mean, I pray it all the time, you guys. On my own, God, I suck at this. On my own, I'm impatient. On my own, I'm imperfect. On my own, I'm selfish and I can be totally lazy and I don't want to, you know, do that science project and I don't want to do that fun activity because I just, I'm, I'm not like that. Give me a book, I'll read that. And so I need God, I need Jesus, okay? And I, I find that when I include him in my day, when I invite him in my day, when I pray, when I I focus more on him, that he is the one that gives me strength. And it's like, it's like I just give over my own frailties and that he fills in the gap. And we just have the best days. We have the best days when I take the time to put him first. All right, so number nine is letting go of expectations. See, they just, they go so well together. When your expectations are high, then the pressure is high. And when you start to not meet those expectations, then you become frustrated and your frustration will be passed on to your kids. They will start to feel it when you're frustrated with the way that they wrote that lazily. And it's not that they shouldn't write it that way. They should write it better, but you're going to say it in a way that is is hurtful or is not as gentle or encouraging as it could be and our environment the homeschool environment that we create is so much more important than the lessons that we teach it's so much more important you guys your kids are not going to look back and remember that one science lesson they're not going to look back and remember that math lesson that you did they're going to look back and remember mom they're going to look back and remember what, what homeschooling was like. And either they're gonna have a bad taste in their mouth because they're gonna remember a whole lot of frustration and negativity and sure, they learned, sure, they graduated. Maybe they even have a great GPA and they got to be a doctor and they'll look back and they'll be thankful. But maybe they won't homeschool their own kids because of their own experience with it and feeling like it, it was negative. I don't want that for my kids. I would rather they graduate subpar I absolutely would rather they graduate subpar, but that we have an amazing relationship and we had fun than them graduate and, and look back and, and hate it and feel just distaste for homeschooling and the experience that they had. So for me, it is about the environment. I want to keep it fun. 
I want to keep it engaging. I want to inspire my kids to learn, not force them to learn. I want to I want it to be an environment of, of classical music and tea and you know, I, I don't want it to be an environment of do this lesson, do that lesson, and they're in tears, and I'm in tears, and that, that's not the kind of memories that I want my kids to have, and I know I'll look back and have regrets if that's the kind of homeschool that I have. So for me, it is about environment. It's about creating an atmosphere, and so focusing on that, all these things help create that atmosphere, a clean space, a little bit of planning, a nice hot cup of tea. Maybe your kids need that, a little a cup of hot chocolate or something to feel special, to feel, you know, that th this is a special thing that we get to learn, turning on some nice music. And those things create this atmosphere that everybody wants to be a part of. And already your day is going to be better because it's not something that you have to do. It's something you're doing together because you want to. So be realistic, you guys. Be realistic in how long that morning basket. Don't try to stuff things in. Be realistic in how much time you are interested in giving, how much time your kids can actually receive. And don't overkill. Don't go overboard, okay? The last thing is to teach your kids boundaries. And, you know, I, I've had a couple people come up to me and say, wow, your kids, they, they look after each other so well, or they clean so well, or they're really good at not interrupting you, or whatever it may be. And, and I laugh because I don't see that because for me, I know that, that it was darn hard to teach them that, that they're not these angelic children that just do that on their own. No, they do that because we have taught them that way through many, 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 many reminders of them not doing it. So it's important to teach your kids boundaries, to give you space. If you say, oh, I can't have a little bit of time to myself because my kids are gonna constantly interrupt me, unless there's babies and toddlers, they really can. They really can learn to give you your space and to learn to respect that. And so learning to, to teach your kids to give some boundaries, boundaries with their siblings, boundaries with each other, boundaries with you, so that, and to respect that, so that they're not constantly in each other's faces, so that they're not constantly calling you. Things like, I don't know if you guys saw, I've, I've explained, I think it was in my math video on YouTube that I showed you um, a strategy we've been experimenting with where one of my biggest triggers too is the fact that when I'm teaching all my kids at once, I have five kids, and when they all need me all at the same time, then I, I get really stressed, and eventually I just get more and more frustrated, and I can feel it rising. So instead, I've given them each a little symbol, whether that's a little block or a pen or something, and they put it on top of their book in the middle of the table, and that signifies that they need help, and then they keep going, because otherwise everyone's waiting for me, everyone's calling me, and I just, I can't handle it. So I tried doing school one-on-one -on -one with each child, kicking everyone else out, but then everyone was watching a whole lot of TV and my house was getting destroyed. So instead, we still do school around the table together, but there's just less. I work around the table and help everybody that needs help rather than being pulled a million different directions. So it's important to identify where you need some boundaries, think of some creative solutions, and then teach your kids. And don't expect that to happen overnight either because that's going to take time. So there you have it. My number one struggle is patience. Impatience, okay? When people say I'm not patient enough to homeschool, oh guys, if I can do it, you can do it because I am definitely not a patient person. I'm very fast. Talking slow is hard for me. If you've seen my videos, 
you know what I'm talking about, it's very, very difficult for me to, to slow down. And with kids, you got to do that. You got to slow down. And sometimes with homeschooling, it's, it's about that. It's about slowing down and explaining it again, even though you've done it a thousand times, just one more time. And, and that patience, it does come with experience. It is a muscle that grows. It really, really, really is. So give yourself the time, give yourself the space and give yourself the grace and, and focus and ask God for that help because it's not just going to naturally stem from you. And so hopefully these tips helped. Thank you so much for joining me. If you like what you heard today, hit the subscribe button. You can find me on Stitcher. Maybe you found me here on iTunes. You can also find me on my blog and any relevant links from old episodes and new are there and it's homeschoolon.com. And I hope you guys have an amazing homeschool day, homeschool week, and keep calm and homeschool on.